Hi there, welcome to the Neurodivergent Magic Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Griffith, and I am so excited to have you here. On this podcast, we talk about all forms of neurodivergence, from ADHD to learning disorders to giftedness to autism and more. If any of that sounds familiar, welcome to Neurodivergent Magic. Hello, guys, gals, and non-binary pals, and welcome back to another episode of the Neurodivergent Magic Podcast. Today, I am so, so, so excited to share an amazing conversation with you. Today, I am talking to Andy, who is one of my Neurodivergent Magic Group Coaching Program students. Um, She's incredible. She's brilliant. And she has so many amazing insights about self-talk to share with you today. So self-talk is this whole idea of how we talk to ourselves, obviously, very self-explanatory, but these internal conversations matter more than you might know. And Andy figured this out through the Neurodivergent Magic program. So without any further ado, let's jump on into it. Hi, Andy. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I am also good. I am super excited for us to chat because we're going to talk all about self-talk today. And I feel like self-talk is one of those things that's sort of like self-care where like we've talked about it so much that people almost don't know what it means anymore. (laughs) Yeah. And so I want to get back to the basics. Like what is self-talk? How can it go wrong? How can we make it better? And of course, I want to talk about you and your personal experiences with self-talk. So um, let's start. How about you just tell listeners a little bit about you? Um, I was, I guess I identify as an ADHD neurodivergent person. Um, I was diagnosed when I was 12, but I didn't quite know what ADHD was until my last, I guess, two, two or three semesters of college when I found, I started to find the ADHD community on social media and YouTube and all of that. And it was when I really started looking into what actually is ADHD and how does it actually affect my life? And the more I learned about it, the more I realized it doesn't just affect how I study. It affects everything. (laughs) It's why I'm always late. It's why I struggle so much to cook for myself and all of these other things that I, you wouldn't think are connected, but like they definitely are because it's executive dysfunction. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Yeah. So I've been on that journey for, I don't know, four or five years now, learning more about it. So what has been the most interesting thing you've learned so far? Oh, um, Sorry to put you on the spot. I don't know. (laughs) I love when people are on these like journeys to explore themselves and these labels that they've had for a long time, but they're coming to a new understanding of them. And I'm just curious, maybe just something interesting that you've learned. It doesn't have to be like the (laughs) most interesting thing. (laughs) I think it's more just like, I don't know how, how it actually affects me. Um, I mean, we, you and I were talking a couple of weeks ago and you mentioned, we, we 
started talking about the flexible thinking and that was like surprising to me that that was related to my ADHD how I like plan and then when those plans don't like something changes in it I have to scramble and I feel like super uncomfortable and it takes a second for me to adjust my brain but once I've adjusted to the new um plan or the new possible future or whatever I like that I, I never thought of that as something that would be neurodivergent a neurodivergent issue but it's I feel like I learned something new every time I go looking at the stuff on social media about it so right me too I love I love how social media is bringing more and more neurodivergent people, giving them a platform to talk about their experiences because it makes all of us feel a little less alone. Yeah, that was, that was the main thing. I, I suddenly realized I'm not crazy, not crazy, but like, I'm not the only person that's dealing with this and other people actually understand as well how a sound can make my bones hurt <laughs> something <laughs> like that so yeah yeah I think there's something to be said for the way um all of these people sharing their experiences it makes us feel less alone and like you said like it makes us realize we're not exaggerating we're not making yeah. this shit up like this is very real and yeah. we know it's real because look at all these other people who also experience it. Yeah, there there have been several times when I've thought before I really knew quite what ADHD was, I would wonder, is this actually something that I'm dealing with? Or do like did my doctor just say this to, to get my mom off his back about why I was taking so long to do my homework? And the more I learn about it, the more I'm like, nope, this is definitely like correct. That was a good diagnosis that my pediatrician made. But yeah, it's nice knowing that other people deal with the same type of situations. Yeah, absolutely. So what you were talking about there, those thoughts about like, oh, maybe my doctor just like said this to get my mom off his back. Like, that sort of ties into what we were going to talk about today, which is like self-talk. So how would you describe your self-talk in general? Well, it's, it's definitely changed a lot in the last year. Um, mm -hmm. I how now was it a year ago? Okay. A year ago, it was it was a lot more along the lines of like when I would start to struggle with something, I would start questioning myself and asking, saying things in my head, like, why are you like this? Why can't you just do it? Like why this shouldn't be this hard for you? You just like, you just did this task two weeks ago. Why can't you do it now? And basically tearing myself down and tearing myself apart and just bullying myself basically and I don't know like it 
around a year ago, I started to pay attention more to what I was saying to myself in those moments. And I started to question why I was saying that, why I was thinking that. And I was like, I saw, I don't remember where it was, but on one of the social media platforms, I saw something that was like, if you wouldn't talk to a friend that way, why would you talk to yourself like that? Mm -hmm. And I really started to, to think about what I was I started by just like noticing what I was saying. And that's when I really realized just how negative the thoughts were and how like aggressively not nice <laughs> they, they, they really were. And I realized that, you know, maybe if I were nicer to myself, it would be a lot easier for me to get the stuff done because I've never done well with negatives as my motivation. Mm -hmm. Like I have to have, like, if somebody is telling me that's awesome, what you just did, it makes me want to keep doing it. Right. <laughs> but <if> somebody's <laughs> saying, what did, what are you doing? I'm not going to want to do it, which slows me down and it makes the task that much harder to perform. <laughs> so when I started noticing that, it definitely took some time to start to switch, but I'm, I've gotten to a point now when I've started to notice if I'm starting to go down that path, I kind of take a step back. I say, I can do this. It's, it's not as hard as my brain wants it to be. <laughs> But I can do this and it's it's made it a lot easier on me yeah that's really great to hear because I think I think your journey this idea of going from noticing the negative self-talk to then slowly starting to change it I think that's a lot of people's journeys I think that noticing has to come first because sometimes you get people who they might read about self-talk or something about like that and just immediately start like, I'm going to change up the way I talk to myself, but you've really got to take the time to notice how you talk to yourself first. Like, is it negative? How negative is it? Like, what is your particular flavor of negativity that seems to be your favorite? Um, cause we all, yeah. we all have our own specific flavors of negativity. I think that we are drawn to. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was, one of the things that, that helped a lot um, during the Neurodivergent Magic program, I think one of the first weeks, um, I'm sorry, there's a train going by my apartment. You're if you okay. can hear that. <laughs> um, one of the first weeks of the program, you mentioned something that was, if the phrasing in like your thoughts is like phrased as you, why are you? like with the word you in it, it's not your voice. It, you're not actually the one that thinks that. It's something else that you have internalized. If your thoughts are more I-centered, that is you. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
I hope I explained that well enough. Um, that helped, that helped me like start to adjust how I was thinking. So it went from instead of you can do this to no, I can do this. So it was, it felt more like, well, before I was noticing what I was thinking and I was trying to change it. And like, that was, it was, I was making progress because I was starting to be less hurtful <laughs> in my thoughts. It still didn't feel quite that genuine. Mm -hmm. And when I started switching the, the phrases or like if I heard and if my brain said, you can do it, I would say, no, I can do it. And like now I've, it's just, it hasn't, it's not as conscious anymore, which has been, it's made a world of difference. Yeah. <laughs> like, just with like work projects that I've had to do in the last few months since the program has ended I stopped while they were still just as difficult as they were before it wasn't as big of a mental leap to get me to start working on them and to actually make progress on them because I was just kind of like repeating in my mind I can do this like it's the little engine that can't that could <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, oh my goodness, I had a thought and it immediately went away. Um, so you mentioned, um, yeah, you mentioned the neurodivergent magic program, and we will get back to that in just a second. But for people listening, that is a uh, nine week group coaching program that I offer. Um, and if you're curious, you can check out the link in the show notes. Um, but we will come back to that in just a minute. What I wanted to mention was, um, this idea of the internalized thoughts, right. That you were mentioning mm -hmm. that. And so what Andy was saying is, um, if you have a thought in your head that repeats a lot, like you're so lazy or why can't you just do this? Like this should be easier for you. Anything that involves a you, <laughs> that's something you've internalized from somewhere else. That's not something you were born thinking. That's not something that is natural to you. That is something you have absorbed from elsewhere and you are allowed to let that shit go. <laughs> um, yeah. and I think it, it doesn't mean that a caregiver or a parent said it to you, although they might have, it might just be from society at large or even from books that you read growing up. Like I know I've absorbed some weird stuff, you know, that I know my parents never told me, but have somehow has decided to sink deep into my brain. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you too. Yeah. yeah I, I think that's probably a lot of the, like, why can't you just get this done? I think that's been a lot of like watching stuff on TV and like, I feel like a lot of the time, maybe not necessarily ADHD, but just when the other in quotations is portrayed in a story, a lot of the times 
the people around the person that is othered, it, they're all saying things like, why are you this way? Like, why can't you X, Y, Z? And I feel like I even, before I quite realized that I was different, I was still internalizing that. Absolutely. I love that you brought up this idea of how the other is portrayed in media and how it sinks in to our heads, even before we realize we're different on a conscious level. Kids are deeply intuitive and other kids sense that we are different and we sense that the other kids sense that we're different. It's, and all of this is happening on subconscious playing fields. None of us understand how to verbalize it. And instead we just internalize these messages about how broken and bad we are. And it can take years to, like you said, even notice that that's what's happening. Um, And then after that, it can take years to rewrite that self-talk. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that I, started to identify that that was what was going on with me because I don't know I I know I feel like I've already said this but it's just made things so much easier because I'm no longer having to fight the imaginary bully in my head like I don't I no longer have to say no you're wrong to that voice I have a cheerleader there instead (laughs) And it's me, <laughs> which is, is really such nice. an amazing change. And I'm so unbelievably proud. Like that is wonderful. Yeah. I, I feel like, while I definitely have times when it's, I'm like slipped back into the, the you, why are you like this mentality? I've caught it a lot faster than I had before. And I've been able to switch it. And it's not as difficult for me to switch it anymore, which is, it's been, it's made a world of difference. I I don't want to say life-changing yet, but it's definitely made a huge difference. Eventually, I hope it'll be life-changing, but. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so. How did you start making that switch from all of the negative you statements to some of the positive I statements? If there's somebody listening right now and they're like, that sounds great for Andy, but I can't do that. You know? (laughs) Well, that, that post that I mentioned that if you wouldn't like, if you wouldn't speak that way about a friend, why would you say that about yourself? I started imagining a friend in that in the position that I was in and I started trying to talk to my friend and like encourage my friend which eventually turned into encouraging myself and it's not not quite the inner child speak because at that point I like I'm I wasn't really aware that inner child, like talking to your inner child was a thing, (laughs) Yeah, but I, I'm typically the person that, or at least I feel like a lot of my friends will come to me when they're struggling with something or if they need to vent or whatever. So I, I, I try to be the encourager for my friends 
So it was pretty easy for me to be like, okay, it's not me that's dealing with this. It's my friend, Andy, that's dealing with this. So my friend, Andy can do it like awesome. (laughs) And then slowly I, I was able to switch it to being talking to me, Andy, not my friend, Andy, which I think it's important to like do it in small steps instead of making the big leap because I don't know how genuine it would have felt if I had gone from why are you doing this to I can totally do this like I I wouldn't have I I feel like that's that's just too much of a change and like while yes that change is the goal it takes steps absolutely for sure So you mentioned the neurodivergent magic program being a part of that stepping stone process. So what about the program helped you with self-talk? It helped me realize that I wasn't alone. First of all, I mean, all of my really close friends are diagnosed with ADHD, but we don't sit there and talk about our ADHD struggles that much we just kind of it's there but that's not really it's not really part of our friendship but then in the group coaching environment like that's what you're there to talk about and hearing what the other participants were going through um and being able to say, oh my gosh, I deal with that too. It was like suddenly I had other people that understood that I could ask questions about like, do y'all deal with this too? (laughs) And it was, it was such a joy every week to go to, because even if it was, if I was having a really bad day and I just was like, I don't, I don't really want to interact with other people but it felt like the group wasn't exactly other people it was a group that I like I felt like it was a very very safe space where if I was having a bad day it would make me not feel so alone in my bad day and then if I was having a really good day it was like I get to express why I was so excited about this thing (laughs) that I did today because other people will understand the challenge that it is. Yeah. I, I can't tell you how glad I am to hear you say that it felt like a really safe space because that is always my number one goal when I do coaching is to make it a really safe environment where people can feel comfortable just coming as they are. And exactly what you said, I wanted the group to feel like we're not other people. We are your people. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what it felt like. Yeah, that's very much what it felt like for me too. So I I miss the group every day. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Every Um, Wednesday, I'm still like, wait, do I get, I don't get to talk to them right now. (laughs) 
right. There's always the Facebook group. There's always Facebook support for sure. Um, so what do you think was the one thing that you learned in the program that shifted your self-talk the most? So the community was a huge aspect for you, but what was one thing that you learned in the program that really you were like, oh man? <laughs> I think I mentioned it earlier, like when I brought the program up the first time, but when you mentioned that it was, if it's a you statement, it's not your own thoughts, that, that really shifted things because that was when I went from thinking about it as I'm talking to my friend uh, to I'm talking to myself. So why am I not using I words? Right. Like, and I feel like when, when that shift happened, it made the thoughts feel more genuine because I was no longer talking about somebody else or thinking about somebody else. It was me, which I don't know. I think that was probably the biggest step in changing how I like how my self-talk was, is worked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a huge amount of power that happens when you grab the camera, basically, because if it's a you statement, it's there's a camera looking at you. But when it's an I statement, you're holding the camera. You have the agency. Things are from your point of view. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I'm so glad that that was so helpful for you. I kind of forgot that we talked about that. So I'm really glad that we're talking about it now because I think I, I need a reminder sometimes that like, Hey, those you thoughts are not your thoughts and it's okay to let go of them. Like stick with the I thoughts. So. <laughs> yeah. That was when I was writing my notes down, like during the session, I like underlined it a bunch and got a highlighter <laughs> later. And was like, remember this. Cause that was, definitely like one of the most helpful things for my self-talk. That's really wonderful. I'm so glad to hear that. Let's see if there was one thing you could let people know about self-talk or about the program, what would you want them to come away from this episode knowing or thinking or feeling? It's possible to do better. It doesn't have to be perfect. And it takes time to, to shift how you handle your own self-talk, but it's possible to improve it and you don't have to hang on to those internalized thoughts. That's really, really wonderful. And I think so many people need to hear that it's, it's really safe and okay to let go of all of that negativity. Cause I think sometimes we hold on to it because it defines us to a certain extent. Like this is what I've always thought. Yeah. This is how I think about myself. This is who I am, but it's really not who you are is so much bigger than a couple of words. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so, so much for being on the show. 
Thank you for having me. <laughs> of course, of course. Okay, well, I will see you around. As always, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you give us a follow over on Spotify, leave a review over on Apple Podcasts, and tune in next Saturday for another amazing episode.